Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Megan Fate Jordan with us. Megan is a broker owner at Bay to Bay Brokerage and also an investor um, with single family and uh, and some um, alternative assets that we're going to get into here soon. Uh, but I'm super excited, Megan. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I, I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. We like to hear kind of how people got into uh, into uh, real yeah. estate because we all have good ones. So um, I'm sure you got a good one too. Why don't you uh, take us to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? I do and I don't. I feel like I have like a very stereotypical story. Um, so I I was born and raised in Tampa. That's where my broker, my brokerage is now. And um, my mom got her real estate license when I was probably eight or nine. And my dad's also in sales. So sales just runs in my blood. In the blood um, yep. Yeah. Um, and so I went to college <clears throat> at Florida, the Florida State University. Um, <laughs> and I double majored in marketing and psychology. And I really thought that I wanted to do um, consumer behavior research. Like why do people pick certain brands, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then when I started looking into how expensive grad schools are. Mm. Um, I decided that if I wasn't completely sold on it, I was going to try to do something in the meantime and maybe do some like courses, listen to some podcasts, kind of figure out if that's really the true path I wanted to go down before I put myself in debt. Cause I was lucky enough to graduate college without any debt through like scholarships and One stuff. Of few, yeah. yeah. One of the few, and I didn't want to really screw it up. So, <laughs> um, after I graduated college, my mom just kind of told me like, Hey, you should get your real estate license because even if you don't end up doing real estate, if you refer me or like your friends, when they start buying houses, you get 25% of my commission. And it, I didn't really know that at the time. So I got my license and for some extra cash, I started doing some showings for her. And the first showing I did, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, this is really fun. Like I can get paid to help people to be nosy to like, I am a creepy person in regards to like, I dig deep in the internet <laughs> in regards to like, permits and all that kind of fun stuff. I was like, I can utilize all the things that I love to help people. And um, I've had my license since then and I've been doing it since then. So nice. I yeah, love it. Just kind of fell into it kind of, but not really, you know, so it, it always helps to have, uh, have somebody in the family with that experience. Um, I'm always jealous when I hear people, you know, grew up in a real estate family and they had that um, going into it, but uh, yeah. So it sounds like that was kind of the case here. Your mom was that influence, yeah. uh, kind of. Oh, I listened to her on the path. phone twenty four seven, whether I wanted to or not. I, I went to open houses with her. Show I was in the car for showings, like so. I like I had a lot of knowledge that I didn't even realize I had stored away until I started doing showings. I was like, oh, I've heard her talk about this before. I know the answer to this, you know. <laughs> so I was kind of. She was. She was smart. She primed me from a young age without really pressing it, and then here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Yep. Um, so we don't often have brokers on here because it is a real estate investing show. We do focus on investings. Um, but you know, I know that you've, you've built two broker- brokerages so far. And one of the first one that you built um, did kind of focus on long-term stay um, yeah. rentals. So the investment side of real estate. 
so what, let's just get into starting a brokerage, uh, your experience with it. Um, what is, what were yeah. some of the first few hurdles you had to overcome, um, when you started your brokerage? Oh man. So, um, I got my broker's license when I was 25 and I, um, meet, like I got it with the intention of opening up this property management and investment real estate firm in South Tampa. And, um, so I really focused on helping families like buy and hold properties. Um, Mm -hmm. South Tampa in particular is very school district run. There's not a lot of great public school districts in Florida, but South Tampa has one of the top hundred in the nation. So a lot of people who come to Tampa wanted to live in South Tampa because of the school district. So that's the area that we focused on, um, and so I got it, I got my broker's license and opened that up and I didn't have any broker mentors. I, um, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but what I am really good at is researching and asking for help and taking my ego away. Yep. So what I really did was I would just call people that, um, like other agents that I knew saying like, Hey, do you know a nice broker? Like, would your broker talk to me, answer a few questions? And sometimes it'd be like, no, I can't even get them on the phone. <laughs> And then sometimes I got a hold of some really nice people who were willing to help and like give away what they had learned for free, you know, just in the, in just the hopes of like helping someone else. So, um, I made a lot of calls to DBPR, a lot of calls to brokers. Um, I figured out the entire insurance portion of it. I think the hardest learning curve was not like the real estate aspect of it or anything like that it was just learning how to run a business. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that, a lot of people get the real estate license and think that it's just me like showing homes and like all that fun stuff. But there's a lot more behind the scenes, especially when you own your own brokers and you're in charge of the E&O insurance and all that fun stuff. Um, that was a big learning curve, like how in depth and how, um, how much stuff's involved and how to make things run smoothly, like what softwares to incorporate all that fun stuff. So yep. Well, if you, if you ever want to, you know, real estate is great because it, it can be just project based. If you want to just do one flip and just have it be, you know, that's yeah. your involvement. Um, but if yeah. you do want to build, build, you know, real success, real, real legacy in real estate, you do have to actually build that business. Um, and that's something that, that all of us in the industry have to kind of overcome. Um, yeah. And even, even with my investors, like ha- having them, like teaching them, I've taught a few of how to use spreadsheets to keep track of budgets and stuff like that, because there is a business portion of it and hooking them up with my accountant for capital gains taxes and all that stuff. Like there's a lot more in depth versus just finding a house, making it look pretty, fixing the major systems with it and making money. Like there's a lot more stuff, like you're managing people and you're managing mm-hmm. money you're setting expectations. Like you're, there's a lot of market research. Like there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes too, um, on the investment portion, like you're running your own business. Yep. So before we, uh, before we put this topic down, um, I mean, coming fresh out of starting your own, your own business, I do want to just ask what are, you know, from the actual business side of it, not the brokerage side, but from the business side, what are the systems that you felt, um, really moved the needle for you, really helped you kind of open up the the, the floodgates to the point where you could actually step away a little bit and uh, and work on the business versus in it? Um, the first thing I learned how to do, um, so I married an engineer and he ah, lives helps. in, yep, he, but no, he will, he will not touch my business. <laughs> Stay away. I have asked my him business. so many times, it's like, I will pay you as a 1099 employee to do this for me. But, um, no. Um, so he taught me pretty early on. The first thing that I learned was budgeting and spreadsheets and how to do formulas in them and keep track of that. Mm. I also follow, I also use, um, 
for one of my businesses right now, um, I use this software called Asana, which you're mm-hmm. able to add other team members into it. It's kind of like a log of daily activities that has a calendar, stuff like that. Um, I really like that. That's a free app as well. Um, so you don't have to pay for a monthly subscription. I'm a big fan of working smarter, not harder in that regard as well. Um, I do have a CRM and that I keep my database in as well. I use follow-up boss. Um, those are really the ones running your business and investment side is all about setting expectations and communication with people. So the easier you can make it, the better. And especially having everything in writing. So yeah. not just, you know, picking like there is something to be said for picking up the phone and making the call, but also following up with something in writing in one of those softwares, be like, no, I told you to do this on this day. This is the agreement. Right. And it also got emailed to you. Like it's holding people's hand to the fire. Yep. Yeah. Being able to, uh, I feel like the follow-up is the hardest part of sales um, because, yeah. you know, that first call, it's pretty easy. You just pick it up. You have that first conversation, but say, you know, this, the close never happens on that first call. It's always call six or seven where things finally start moving um, and being consistent, picking up the phone time and time again, and having those conversations over, you know, long, long period of time. That's where the difficulty comes in. And that's where, you know, the, the people distinguish themselves in their business and just being able to, to do the consistent thing over and over again. Yeah. And really just um, on the investment portion, just making sure that you vet your contractors and have good people in your pockets and asking. For oh, help. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Finding good saying. contractors <laughs> is a hard thing. Yeah. That's, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I do want to move us on a little bit. Um, we are rounding in to the end of this section. But before we move on, I do want to ask, um, I know you have an alternative asset. Um, I'm going to call it that, but it is a sober living house. Um, so yes. t- you know, take us to that. Um, what got you into it? And and what? how is that run as um, as an investment? Is it, is it an investment or is it a charity? How does oh, that? Yeah. Tell um, me so, that. so yes, like it's very much both. It is a passion project of mine. So prior to this, my husband and I, um, I, um, I know before these people are not privy to our, our conversation before we jumped on this, but we're talking about Airbnb and um, my, I don't really do much Airbnb. My husband and I do um, buying holds, you know, mm-hmm. um, so long-term rentals, stuff like that. Um, so we have a few rental properties, single family rental properties. Um, and I, I've been sober since 2014. And so I'm an active member of AA, like I really believe in sobriety, things like that. And sober living homes are, like a crucial part of helping young people or not even young people, like people early in sobriety stay Mm -hmm. sober and give them structure and stuff. So um, I knew I wanted to diversify our portfolio and do something that was um, a little bit higher risk, higher reward versus just buy and hold for single family properties. Um, And so, but I didn't want to do Airbnb (laughs) because I would not be, um, in the house as much. I don't really get to vet the people who I let live in there as much. And, um, I really just believe in sobriety, you know, so it is an investment. Like we did purchase the house. Um, we're not state funded or anything. So it is an investment. Um, but more than anything, like I have two partners with it. Um, and more than anything, like it is very much a passion project for us as well. Like just kind of seeing the light bulbs, like we have weekly meetings on Sunday and we get to sit down with like, it's a guy's halfway or sober living house. And so we get to hear about their progress and just seeing like their lives turn around. Like that's, I mean, I would do it for free. Like, it's just really cool. Yep. Yeah. Having yeah. the uh, numbers do make sense. Yeah. Well, but it's really cool. <laughs> it's an investment. It has to have, obviously. <laughs> Um, yeah. On the financial side, I know this is this is a passion project, and and I love yeah. it. It has that social um, the social goal behind it. 
yeah. on the number side, I'm just curious, is it mostly insurance payments that you have to, that you're dealing with insurance companies or is oh. it, uh, oh, how I does the entire the... spreadsheet with all of our payments? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it, yes. So with doing a sober living home, it's a little bit different versus an Airbnb or things of that sort as well, because the insurance is different. It's not hmm. just a regular commercial uh, policy. It has to be a specialized uh, insurance policy. Hmm. So you have your homeowner's insurance, you have an E&O um, insurance, and you also have a commercial uh, policy specific for sober living homes. So there are a bunch of insurances that are due. You have your mortgage, your PITI on top of that. Um, for sober livings, you provide like toilet paper, paper towels, home maintenance. So that's also built into the budget, um, drug tests, things like that, that you don't mm -hmm. really have to think about with Airbnbs <laughs> um, yeah. or any kind of other investment properties. Um, we furnish the house, we pay for the electric, the water, all that kind of stuff. Um, and do the tenants, sure are are they paying with, um, are, are, is it covered? Is their stay covered by insurance, by their insurance, or are they paying no, with cash? It's private pay. So there are some, there are some facilities throughout the nation and throughout each state that are government funded. Ours are private pay. And okay. some of them do weekly. We do monthly because it's a safer investment for us on that regard. Gotcha. So if someone decides to leave two weeks in, like we're not losing money necessarily but it also kind of gauges how committed they are to staying sober yep. so for us our ten our tenants you know our, our guys pay on the first of every month like a certain set amount in each room based on like we have a private suite and stuff like that so it's different monthly premiums so they pay on the first of each month um yeah so okay. it's private pay so it's not insurance yeah but it's cool. cheaper than any rent you're gonna find in tampa so there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> i believe that i've heard tampa's yeah yep. it's shooting up just like seattle Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing everything. I did take a peek at the clock. We have gone through our 15 minutes. So I'm going to move us on to the quick question round. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Sure. Let's rock and roll. Uh, starts with education. I'm a big bookie. So give me two, two recommendations. If you're not into books, you can do YouTube channels, spot or, you know, podcasts, whatever you like. Uh, just give me um, two of them, one for general life wisdom and then two or one for business or real estate specific. Okay. So, um, I love reading books. I read, I read every night, so I will do books. Um, there is a book that I read in college. I took a sales class called don't spill your candy in the lobby. And it just talks about different sales tactics, but like in very simplistic terms and it combines like sales tactics as well as like being a good human being and how to run a business and like set standards and boundaries and all that stuff. So I loved that. Um, that taught me how to run my investment properties, how to deal with tenants. That taught me all of the things. Um, so that's my favorite business book. Um, sorry, the, the title was Don't Spill Your Candy in the Lobby, right? Yes, yes. That's and awesome. if you read the book, you'll see why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this whole, it's like this metaphor for one of the sales tactics. And it, it was a really cool book. I thought the title was insane when I first saw it assigned to me. And I was like, what? But then when I started reading it, just it stuck. It really yeah. stuck. And maybe it was just the time of period of life I was in, but it made a big impact on me. Right on. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then personal books, God, I'm reading um, some really stupid <laughs> like murder mysteries right now. Um, all right. All right. You know, I can't even tell you the names because I just like blow through them just, you know, unwinding from the day. Um. The last good book that I read that I remember the name that I really like internalized, it's not like a very fun read, but it's very profound. Like I really got a lot from it. It's called Ego is the Enemy. 
Oh yeah. Um, Brian holiday. I really like that book a lot. A lot yeah. of, I, once again, it could have just been the time period I was in, but that mm-hmm. book really stuck with me as well. Yeah. That's and I read that just for like my own personal, um, of like how to communicate with people. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't near, like I wasn't reading it trying to grow my business. So I was just like, I need help. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a good one for sure. And, yeah. uh, I've my um my sister and my girlfriend really like murder murder mystery kind of stuff and so I uh, I get where you're coming from there. Uh, (laughs) I know I know all the ways to kill my husband basically. If he's listening to this, (laughs) he should be scared. So (laughs) if you're listening, gotta watch out. Yeah. Moving on. Next question. This one is for your younger self. So if you could go to the Megan who had no experience in real estate, um, let's Mm -hmm. say she was just uh, your mom, just approached by your mom, she said. You should get into real estate. Go to her, look her in the eye, give her one piece of advice moving forward. Um, follow your gut. Okay. Follow your gut. Follow your I gut. like it. Yeah. Uh, next question is habits. Habits form the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one thing you do day in and day out, you feel contributes the most to your overall health, well-being, happiness, and success, what would that be? Um. I name two because I do two things every day. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm sober, so going to AA meetings really helps yeah. set my mind right in the morning. And then I also work out every day. I'm a very anxious person and like very driven, and I need an outlet for it. Perfect. I love it. So yeah. exercise, and I'm going to say the other one is community. So exercise and yeah. community. Perfect. Yep. All right, moving on. And this is. For the United States, um, locations, it's a big place, a lot of square miles out there to invest. So if you could point to one metro that you're most excited about investing today, that is not your backyard, what metro is that? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for realtors all throughout the nation. And I read their posts every single day religiously because I'm always looking for my next opportunity as well. And I've been reading a ton of stuff about Texas. <laughs> I have three three properties in Texas. I love I, awesome Texas. Yes. Um, I've been reading a lot of stuff about Texas um, outside of the, the Dallas area in particular, mm-hmm. not yeah. necessarily within the city limits, but kind of right outside there because Dallas is growing so quickly. Yep, absolutely. I'm right, right there with you. Yep. <laughs> All right. And that leads us to the last question. Um, you've given us a lot of good advice. So I'm sure people want to reach out and say, hi, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, probably my website, betabaybrokerage.com. Um, on there, you'll find my email address, my cell phone number, all of our blog articles talking about real estate investment, talking about where the current Tampa market's at, all that fun stuff. Perfect. That's kind of everything in one spot. All right. And that's bay2baybrokerage.com. I'll put that URL yep. in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Megan, go ahead and uh, pl- click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description in there. You can find Megan's URL. Um, so that wraps it up, Megan. Thank you very much for hopping on and uh, sharing with us all the wisdom that you've gotten in real estate. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me. Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, hope you have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the real estate investing club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. 
Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.